This is the Strength Anger Podcast, part of the Berserker Strength Radio Network, featuring APF Illinois State Chairman Eric Stone, as well as AAPF AWPC Powerlifter Robert Bain. We are coming at you from 2XL Powerlifting in Lombard, Illinois, and you can find this podcast online on anchor.fm. We are back with the Strength and Anger podcast here with uh, Strength and Anger Extra number three, an interview that I am extremely excited about with the one, the only, Mr. Trigger Warning Conjugate himself, Anthony Oliveira. How you doing, sir? What's up, fellas? How are you? I'm awesome. Stone, how you doing? I mean, right now I'm, I'm doing fairly well. I'd say generally uh, <laughs> worse than I was maybe a month ago. It's fair. That's a fair Same. statement. Yeah. That's a very fair statement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a whole different world we've woken up to over the last uh, last thirty days. It's probably not one I would have ever even envisioned us being a part of right now. Nope, no, it's very weird, dude. I just, uh, man, I, I, uh, it's it's crazy how quick it normalizes to mm-hmm. like, oh, this is just what my life is now. Like I yeah. stay home all the time. This is very strange, but we're doing the best we can, man, to just stay positive and like, you know. Mm-hmm. What the fuck can you do, man? I'm not, I can't <laughs> fight the world. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like you just gotta. Can't, no, you can't go punch the Rona. Like I'd love to go yeah. punch the Rona, but you can't yeah. do it. it. I'm not a fighter anyway, so I'd probably lose anyhow. So don't matter. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna dive in. You know, I, I've been excited about this one. You know, Anthony, I, I reached out to you, and you know, we've kind of connected on social media after the WPO and us, you know, meeting that way. And I, I've been following some of the trigger warning conjugate, uh, you know, social media and some of your positive messages and. I just thought it'd be really cool to get you on the show and uh, just kind of talk about you know life training uh, and and just a lot of different things going on. Uh, you know, the biggest thing is there's a lot of you know free time on people's hands, so let's fill it with you know good stuff. And I thought you could really contribute to that, so uh, that's what kind of brought us here. And so just you know take a few minutes, introduce yourself, and uh, just tell us who you are. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, thanks for inviting me. Mm-hmm. I always think it's cool that like anyone thinks that anything that comes out of my brain or my mouth is relevant or interesting. So sure. yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate the invite. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm a power lifter, multiply guy. Mm-hmm. I live in Ohio with my wife, uh, Val and, uh, also a power lifter. Yeah. She's, she's a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope we can get into that a little bit, but, uh, Definitely. yeah. So yeah, can, can we, confirm Val's a badass. Can confirm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Certainly. Uh, so yeah, we live in Ohio. Uh, we're both from New Hampshire. Okay. Um, I grew up in New Hampshire my whole life. Uh, I played hockey for 13 years and, nice. uh, you know, uh, moved to Ohio when I got invited to train at Westside. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. and, uh, obviously we're not there anymore. Right. I, I'm actually one of the few people who have been kicked out twice. So <laughs> what, a, what a, uh, an interesting accolade to have. It yeah, seems like there's been yeah. a few people who've been in and out of there a couple of times, but I don't know. Has somebody else? been anybody else that have just been flat out kicked out twice yeah so well yeah the first time uh was kind of a little more mutual and then the second time was a definite kick out but i i (laughs) I stand alone i think with uh i was told by a couple people i was one of the only guys to successfully come back and train for a little bit and then get booted again but yeah so uh came out because of that Mm -hmm. and we've been here ever since man and i just uh my whole life is is powerlifting related at this point. I just love it, mm-hmm. and um, 
So that's that's basically me, man. I, I run a business that's that trigger warning conjugate, mm-hmm. train people for a living. And um man, I just love lifting weights and I've met some of my closest friends uh I've met through some form of like the strength community. So sure. I mean I met I met my wife lifting weights. So, so that's did awesome, I, man. I <laughs> you know, so that's basically I, I'm very uh when it comes to describing myself, it's just like, hey man, I, I grew up a punk rock kid. And you found powerlifting and I I fucking love it. So I'll be honest, man. The first time I saw you at the super finals last year, uh, you've, you've, you've got a presence to you, man. You've got an energy. You've got uh, a very unique aura about you. But I remember just seeing the skull tattoo and (laughs) and I wanted to ask you about it. And, but I remember just thinking, I'm like, okay, I know a couple folks that have that. I know the dedication it takes to have somebody just take that needle and jam it into your skull. So I knew that you were kind of a badass that way, but kind of talk about, you know, what, what caused you to want to do that? And you mentioned you, you were kind of a punk rocker kid. Why'd you go with the skull tattoo? What's it of? And then what's it, what's it all mean? (laughs) Well, uh, so, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, like I, I was introduced to punk rock and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, hardcore punk and, and all that stuff when I was really young because my sister was into it. So, uh, you know, I grew up, my sisters dated skinheads and punk rock guys and, and whatever. So, um, I got involved in that and I just always have been kind of alternative. So I decided, I mean, I had my knuckles tattooed, mm-hmm. uh, before I had my hand tattooed. I had below okay. my elbow. I had my elbow, I uh, below my elbow tattooed before I had any ink on my body. So like hmm. I set myself up so that I could never work at a bank. <laughs> I, 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 I never wanted to do that. I, I just always thought, you, you know, you, you like, would hate my job. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I worked in a, uh, um, I worked in a, a cubicle job collecting debt for about eight months, and I felt like Oof. a caged, an, a caged animal, dude. I couldn't do it. So yeah. it's about um, how I feel the last uh, three, four weeks. Yeah, yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just I don't know when when I I had both sides done forever ago, and then I had across the the front of my skull there, I had a uh, it just said resilience, mm-hmm. and I actually got that done on the one year anniversary of me getting off of uh, dope and opiates and stuff. Yeah. And I just, I got to a point where I was like, you know what, man, I am so far past that, that like, I don't need a reminder every time I look in the mirror. So I would rather just get something really cool and have like one of my very good friends tattoo the top of my head. So I just like called up my guy, Kurt, mm-hmm. and was just like, Hey man, do you want to put something rad on my skull? Like, I just want like uh, an anchor and, and something that looks sick when I like, I'm going to be in front of these, you know, $10,000 cameras on ESPN. (laughs) So, uh, he just drew up an anchor and he thought of it, like, we kind of thought of it as a way to like, uh, you know, the way that he described it, he's like, yeah, we'll put an anchor there. It's like, you know, setting yourself in position and like anchoring yourself down and like wrapping Mm -hmm. your head around something. And I liked that idea. So that's cool. Eventually, eventually we'll get it colored in. He keeps bugging me being like, when are we going to finish that? And I'm like, uh, I don't want to because it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually we'll get it colored in. So, so n- neither of us actually have any ink. Uh, no. Eric and I both don't, which is interesting. I Not against them. Just, I, yeah. I think I looked into it once and the cost turned me away because so I, I imagine that's not really something that you want to go cheap on. Yeah. No, you get what you pay for, man. When, when someone asks me, because I end up, you know, I'm a people person. I like talking to people and I also respect an artist. So a lot yeah. of times when I get tattooed, I'm just like, hey, man. Whatever you think will look best. I mean, all three tattoos on my head, I literally said, whatever you think is best. 
and and you were a brave our, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey man, it's like this, right? So you you guys train, and, and I'm yeah. sure like even if you don't directly coach someone, you're coaching people in there. So if someone came to you and had never lifted, no, I, I I never talk when anybody's on the platform or lifting or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So imagine if you were sitting there and someone who had never lifted weights before was like, I need, I, I want some advice. I want to lift weights. And you were like, okay, this is how you do it. And they mm-hmm. looked at you and said, yeah, but what if we did it this way? You'd be like, well, I don't care because I've been doing this way longer. That's how I feel about sure. an artist, a tattoo artist. I'm like, you know better than me, dude. I'm not an artist. So put Fair on enough. something sick. So I end I'm, up I'm getting, not going to lie. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. So when, as far as getting what you pay for, as soon as someone looks at me and says, what'd you pay for that? I'm mm-hmm. like, you don't get it. I'm not having this conversation with you. <laughs> right, right. I don't want to think about the amount of money that I put into it. But to me, it's like an investment to realize uh, like what I think my form should look like as a human being. So, sure, you know, it's worth the money to me. That's awesome, man. That's really I cool. hate getting it done, though. Hate it. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Oh, dude. I, I am such about a – I fucking therapy hate like it. Their thing. So, um, I basically am a big baby about it the whole time. So, fuck it. Well, you've got a number, so you've yeah, definitely got a few. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very tough about it, though. I always have to like convince myself to do it, uh, and now I've gotten to the point where I can kind of like meditate my way through it. But God, if I ever hate it, man, it's just one yeah. Of those well, I'm just saying, like the, like the skull, you can't really meditate through that. I mean, it's literally right there at your brain. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. I think of it as like getting into a bench shirt. Like it seems like a good idea until you're about at a one board and you're like, wow, I fucking hate this. This is the worst idea. That's, that's <laughs> fair. Bane only has, you know, passing experiences with that, but I, I can, I can. Yeah. I ventured on twice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. When it feels like your head's going to explode. Yeah. Well, I usually just feel that with a squat, so because <laughs> I'm fat. Are uh, you going to get that 700 pound squat off your back or what's the deal? Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, I had to do it. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, I, I, I brought that on myself by telling people I still watch that video, which I did today. Um, <laughs> and yes, yes, it's going to happen. And and I really was, you know, wanting eight hundred four to happen this year raw. I, I at this point, I don't know. Uh, well, but, yeah, just considering the training yeah, that's going to be going on at least for the next six weeks, it's been challenging. I mean, thankfully, uh, you know, I have a great little setup now at the house, but uh, even still, I'm not going to be taking that kind of weight on my back by myself. So. Or no, even yeah. with a couple spotters in a rack. Yeah, and trust me, the best spotters alive. But it's I'm still not going to be uh, <laughs> not going to be taking that kind of weight. So, uh, but back to back to you, Anthony. So you mentioned you, know, you played hockey for 13 years. Is is that your only sports background, or what? What else have you done? Yeah, I mean, like I mean, I messed around as a kid, you know, playing, you know, baseball and and shit when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I played very high level hockey my entire life. I was going to yeah, the Northeast, like Nash- religion up there, man. Uh, yeah, it's serious. So. Uh, I um I did that for 13 years. I mean, I was playing national tournaments when I was 12, 11, nice. playing in can- Canada and awesome. uh played in ho- played in college, played junior hockey Canada. and um What's that? Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, Canada. Hey. <laughs> uh Montreal and uh it was, you know, I think that being a I was a goalie, um so big surprise I know cuz I'm a weirdo. So Yeah. Uh I spent when people say like how do you squat so wide? I literally had my legs that wide for 13 years. Like I, that, that's just naturally where I put my feet. Yeah. So it was not a hard transition for me to, to squat with them that wide. Now 
you know, positionally with my upper body and my, my hips and stuff, that's a whole other thing. But as far right. as like stance wise, uh, it really, I had a big carryover from that. And I think that, um, being a goalie, you're kind of by yourself there. Like when it comes down to it, if you make a mistake, like another player could make a mistake. It might not show up on the scoreboard, but if you make a mistake as a goalie, it shows up. Everybody People knows. know it. Everybody knows. Sure. So I think that it's the same thing with powerlifting. Like if you go out there and you dump your elbows when you're trying to touch a bench, like it's no one's fault but your own, and mm-hmm. and and everybody knows that you messed up. So I think it prepared me for that sort of like the that the pressure, I guess, of like having to perform when it's you're on a fucking island. You yeah. know what I mean? So and you as a th- as a keeper, you can sometimes only be called on once in sixty minutes, but you better yeah. be a hundred percent on point for that. You know, three seconds you're being called on. Yeah, it prepared me for the couple of like fourteen hour meets that I've done back oh, in the day <laughs> to just be able to do stuff cold. You know, yeah. um, luckily we don't have to deal with that too much anymore. But uh, sure. yeah, man, I think there's a lot of parallels between the two. Um, mentally emotionally and then of course training mm-hmm. i think i think there's a lot of carryover to just being able to put yourself in that place to do uncomfortable things to make yourself better sure for sure so transitioning then how did you you know start to get involved in lifting weights and competitive powerlifting? well yeah so uh i had always kind of trained obviously like when you're an athlete like lifting weights well is never a concern. Yeah, <laughs> like sure. you, you just go there and do enough that your coach doesn't kill you and enough to show that you'll work hard enough to, to, you know, get the start or the nod to play the next game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got away from it for several years when I, when I left school, um, and stopped playing hockey and, and, you know, I had my run in with, with drugs and everything. And then, mm-hmm. uh, when I, got clean um i started just like I, I i like lied to myself when i was when i was an addict i was like man i got abs i'm 147 pounds but i got abs i'm in shape oh. like it's like you know i i literally you know my lightest weight was 147 pounds and i was like wow, i mean i i got pecs and 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 you know like for, for reference what do you typically walk around at right now i'm like 260 265 oh the same weight Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I've put on over a hundred pounds, but, uh, I started to get like, you know, when I came off the drugs, I, I started to get like a little dumpy and I've never yeah. had like, like a shitty, like I, I never had, like, I never been skinny fat and I started to get that way. So I sure. just was like, ah, I'll go to planet fitness and start kind of messing around to keep myself out of trouble basically. Uh, and I spent like maybe a year doing that before I went to a, an actual, like, barbell type fitness type club like it wasn't really a powerlifting gym sure um and i did i uh i used to do the starting strength like five by five so i squatted three times a week for like two years um garbage yeah yeah you just like you just kill yourself you know what i'm saying it's just like we just we we have our beef with mr ribito so yeah we have a whole episode on him yeah so it's like I I was started conjugating stuff because uh, like on accident I didn't really like I was like all right well if I'm adding ten pounds every time and I start missing it mm-hmm. I'll I'll start back over with like twenty pounds less and build my way up if I miss it again I'll change how I'm squatting so I would go <laughs> front squats or I would go to a low box squat obviously I don't even want to see those videos I don't know if they exist so wait sure so wait were. so you were you were a meathead who was actually thinking about their training <sighs> imagine that what. Dude. 
I imagine that. Insanity. Uh, <laughs> Insanity, sir. Yeah, so I, uh, I I don't know what made me pick to do a first meet, um, but I kind of just decided, and then uh, uh, I went to – it was an RPS meet in Vermont, mm-hmm. and I went to – I cut to 220 from 235, 233-ish Ooh. by this point, and I, oh. I cut to 220, which if any of my clients are listening to this, do as I say and not as I do. This, not, it, what is funny is the similarities <laughs> between how you and I have gained and lost weight – is is absolutely mind boggling, sir. Dan's done a well, meet at two twenty. I had done a meet at two twenty. I weighed in at two fifty eight in May, and then in December I weighed in at two eighteen. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah I, I'm glad I don't have to get down to two twenty anymore, dude, man. Dude, dude. I like food too much. Yeah. So, um, and what year was so this in? That was uh, approximately. Let's see. So that video I posted yesterday on Instagram was mm-hmm. five years ago, and that was my second meet. So probably wow. six years ago. So whatever okay. that was. And, Not that long and ago. Real quick, too. How how old are you, Anthony? I'm 34. 34. Okay. 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 About, about our age. So I went and I squatted all all raw, no wrist straps or anything. Just wow. About, uh, I went uh, raw, f- raw, super raw. I was so <laughs> raw that I was like. I was so cool. I didn't even know it yet. Like yes. I was like, <laughs> and uh, so I went like five oh five, three twenty, and then I pull. It was my first time using a deadlift bar, and because I got my first oh. three, yeah. So because I got my first three lifts um, uh, on my deadlift, it was an RPS meet, small meet. They let me take a fourth, and I pulled like a seventy pound PR. My I pulled like five seventy five. Nice and. Um, Dude, actually, funny story. I didn't know shit about shit. Like, I, I went to the meet and I'm like, I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground. So I'm, I'm looking around and they, had, they, had, you know, announce, you know, second flight, third flight, da 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 da. We're gonna start in in ten minutes or whatever. So I start warming up and I'm, I'm opening with like four fifty or something. Uh-oh. I start warming up. I warm all the way up to my last warm up and realize I'm in the beginning of the third flight. Oof. Oh my gosh. So I had to, so I had to just put my sweatpants on. And sit there while everyone else went and whatever, and then rewarm up. Um, and it was a nightmare. That uh, sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. That was actually the first time I ever saw like anything that had to do with like a bench shirt or anything. Like I didn't know that that existed. And they have a pretty good Jamie Matta mm-hmm. who runs RPS up there. Um, Jamie's a super cool guy. He's been very helpful to me uh, in the past, mm-hmm. and uh, he has a. You know, at the time he had a pretty good crew of, of guys in bench shirts and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, so I got to see some, some bench shirts and I was like, what the hell are these guys wearing? Like, what is this? I was so <laughs> proud of myself because this dude that benched 700 in a bench shirt, I out deadlifted him by 50 pounds. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm, <laughs> take that I'm strong, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and that it just kind of, I mean, I wasn't even done squatting yet. And I was already telling my friend that was there with me, like, I got to find another meet to do. I'm excited, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I did three, one, two, three. I did four meets raw. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I still remember um, last time I've been doing it for five years. Nothing crazy. Not, no, no huge lifts or anything. I mean, I squatted, uh, let's see. I did 655 at 220 in knee wraps. Okay. Solid. That's a solid number. Um, and like... You know, the whole thing, drug tested and everything. I only yeah. benched like 330. I think I pulled 610 at that meet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went, I cut to 198 for my last. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is a little hoarse. I was recording vocals for this 
metal project I have going on right now. Sorry. So no um, my voice is a little hoarse. But yeah, so I, I cut to 198 to try and break some like Jesse Norris drug tested squat record. Oh, God. Oh, okay. And uh, I mean, and it, I had to squat like seven, right? Uh, seven ten or something, and I, uh, the day before the meet, mm-hmm. I'm like in the middle of cutting, and I look up, and like the the not the two twenty record was only like ten pounds more, and I'm like, why did I cut <laughs> to ninety eight? What am I doing? Because you were chasing a name, baby. Yeah, so I go, and you know, it takes me three, three tries to get the squat, and it was kind of. I mean, it was if I I, I opened with six seventy five and basically ate shit twice, and on the third one, uh, you know, it's it was a suspect lift. Let's yeah. just say that. Got it. And and then I bombed so on you're, bench. You're not claiming that one, basically. No, I don't. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah. Then I bombed on bench in a raw meat, which was Ouch. Uh, smart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we've seen uh, it all. Uh, we we have we have. I'm sure. Yeah. So actually. Uh, the that, that was on a Saturday, and Monday morning I was in Ohio visiting Westside for the first time as like a visitor with my coach. Oh, okay. And I I got into a canvas for the first time that Monday. Wow! And squatted seven oh five. Nice. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm never squatting raw again. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck this! Like, are you kidding me? And uh, and then it was, you know. And then I got uh, the neck. I stayed. We stayed like half the week. Was that was that just briefs or was that uh, straps down or what was it? No, it was full full kit like okay. knee wraps. You know the whole deal. Whole whole night. And right? uh, and uh, I stayed like half the week. And on Wednesday I got in a bench shirt and just like completely ate like you know a platter of dicks trying to bench five pounds <laughs> more than I had benched raw. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I dude, I stood up right, and and they jacked my shirt down. It was I was trying to bench like three forty or something in a shirt, and um, I'm I'm you know I stand up, I I missed it, and I stand up, and Travis Bell looks at me, and he just goes, "You need more triceps." It's <laughs> like, yeah, dude, you think like, <laughs> so uh, so yeah. That now, was sort now of was this thing. a shirt you had borrowed from somebody? Was it was it a super tight shirt? Like what? Nah, man, it was like this, you know, it was like an old Rage X that was for a guy that was a little bigger than me. So okay. it was, you know, it was probably the equivalent of, you know, it's probably three sizes too big for me. And they just pulled the chest plate way down and, right. and everything else. But um, yeah, that was sort of the catalyst to like, all right, man, I want to get into equipment and I want to do this. Like, this is way scarier. This is way sicker feeling. Mm-hmm. I get way more of an adrenaline dump from this sure. it's more technical and so that was off to the races i never i never did a uh i never did another raw meet after that so who was your coach at the time and what was the impetus for going out and visiting west side yeah so at the time they had uh west side certified gyms and there was only mm. like eight or nine of them right. oh okay sure right. Uh, at the time and uh, actually that so the meet that I posted on Instagram the other day that that 525 squat there was a guy Brian Sofis, oh with your eight mile walk out yeah yeah the walked out <laughs> bare knee like fist pump um, so yeah uh, this guy Brian Silfies who owns this gym called one to one fitness uh, he saw me there and I had like this little you know LFOD barbell like club it was just like three people and and he saw that and uh he reached out to me after and just said, Hey man, if you ever want to come train. So I came up and trained for a day, applied for an internship that was supposed to be eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he told me that there was no job position available for me. He's like, man, there's no job here for you. Like, if you want to come an intern, come an intern and learn and I'll teach you. But, uh, you know, there's no job. Uh, three weeks into the internship, he offered me a full-time position. Oh. And, uh, nice. yeah, so because he was just like, dude, you obviously are obsessed with this shit. <laughs> That's and, fair. Uh, yeah, it was great. So so I, I trained under him and he obviously, you know, he's he was a direct line to Louie at the time. You could call, you know, Louie was a little more with it mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and so he... <laughs> He, he, he I don't know how to respond phone. to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the facts are facts. So yeah, he uh, he picks up the phone and 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 had Louis on the phone. And I was like, holy shit! So um, that's how do, I do learned like, how bit. to actually do conjugate mm-hmm. like a proper way, um, or 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 a proper way, one of the proper ways. And uh, sure, okay, you know, and that kind of so Brian coached me for a couple of years there training there. And then I kind of branched off on my own and, and, and went to a different gym. But, um, that was the start of it. I mean, we were like, we ordered a canvas, dude, I ordered this canvas and you know, we get it off of powerlifting. Uh, what was it? Powerliftingwatch.com. Mm-hmm. used to have classifieds. Sure. And, uh, so we, we ordered this, this suit, right. And I go to put it on and I've always had like big legs for what I weigh, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, I go to put it on and I just, I can't get the motherfucker on. I'm like, it is so tight. And I got no briefs on. We don't know anything. There was nothing on the internet. So, like, I was like, do we wear something under this? <laughs> like, how the, f- like, what the fuck are we going to? So, you know, Brian puts it on and gets collapsed in half with, you know, we're all just getting murdered by like, <laughs> trying to use this thing. And, uh, and there's no one there, um, to, to, you know, figure it out. Um, so we just were like, fuck it. Let's just go visit Westside. And stay a week and learn and and just try and you know learn as much as we can mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what we did and we kind of figured it out. I was very lucky. Uh, I was I was very fortunate to. Um, there was another gentleman, this guy Dave Stevens, uh, who was a single ply guy from up north in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and uh, he kind of took a liking to me for some reason. So when I decided to do my first multiply meet after we went out there, him mm-hmm. and Brian like set their schedule around my training schedule and they were there basically they were training with me but they were really handling you yeah they were training me you know what i mean like i was kind of the guinea pig slash getting showed the ropes a little bit and um i'm just forever grateful for those two guys for the the, you know i that was in december and i did battle of the titans the first battle of titans meet that hoff put on in in march okay um so it was like the first my opener (laughs) <laughs> my opening bench at that meet was the second time I had ever touched in a bench shirt. Wow. It was just That's like, crazy. here we go, man. Coming yeah. off of a raw bomb. Right. <laughs> straight it's into not, a meet. It's not fucking heady like, at all, is it? Yeah. It's like, it was crazy, man. So I went I went to that. Uh, weighed in at like 232. Didn't cut. Squatted 755. Benched uh, like 450. And then pulled 640. Nice. And, okay. uh, it, you know, I mean, humble beginnings. It was, I, I had a good time. And, and after that meet, I was like, man, like, this is, I, I, I am going to completely dive headfirst into this, whatever I have to do. So, so, so from that, then, you know, talk about your, you know, what, what are your best lists in competition now? Obviously, multiply. Uh, you've, you've had slightly larger numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my best squat in competition is 1107. I believe. And was that at the semifinals or at the super finals? 
No, that was at um, nationals. Okay, uh, that that was the qualifying meet that Got I had it. to do to to qualify for super finals, Got and it. then uh, my best bench is six twenty two, and my best deadlift is uh 771 my best to- like so all three of my best lifts were actually at that meet i totaled 2502 okay wow. that's a that's a great um, total yeah it was a it was a big day for me man it, it, actually uh funny story about that meet we were supposed to get married that weekend okay okay so basically you know uh <clears throat> i wasn't I wasn't back at Westside yet. I was down in Cincinnati training mm-hmm. at the sweatshop. Me and my wife, or my fiance at the time, we were down there and we picked a date for the wedding. And uh, I did a meet, just like an IPA meet. Mm-hmm. And I, bom- I bombed on like kind of a weird bench that like kind of was locked out, might have passed somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pulled a deadlift. I basically totaled like high 24. Oh, so it would have counted the boss of bosses, but not anywhere else. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was like in my. Uh, Dave said I totaled 2570 in my heart. And, uh, <laughs> I, I thought, you That's know, I thought, uh, cause I squatted 11 at that meet too. Um, I thought that I was going to get invited to super. It was kind of up in the air, right? Like we didn't know. I didn't know if I was going to get invited just based on like previous stuff or mm-hmm. what I did at the first WPO or, or, or whatever. And, right. uh, so, so we had our wedding was, supposed to be the day before Nash. it was supposed to be the thursday before nationals and i get a call maybe six weeks out mm-hmm. or a text from dave he's like uh nationals is the way buddy and i'm like what <laughs> and he's like you got to do nationals to, to qualify for wpo and i'm like you got to be fucking kidding me so i'm sitting in the bathroom and val comes in first thing in the morning and i'm just bummed out dude and he she's like what's what's going on i'm like man like I guess WPO just ain't happening for me this year, you know? And uh, she's like, what? And I tell her, I'm like, dude, Nationals is the Saturday after the wedding. What are we, you know, like, what are we supposed to get in the car and fucking drive? I mean, I was like, I'll do it. I'll get in the car the next morning and drive out to Michigan from Salem, Mass. I don't care, but like, I don't want to ruin our wedding. You know, I don't want to be doing that. And uh, she was like, fuck that. You have to do it. Like, what? Are you kidding? Like, Val was like, no, dude. Like, Let's move the fucking wedding. Are you serious? And wow. I was like, uh, okay. So I had to call my mom and be like, hey, mom. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. I can only imagine yes. how this conversation is about to go. I, I love you so much. Like, <laughs> you know, because she had found us this, like, dope place to get married at. It was We got a killer deal because it was a Thursday, like, mm-hmm. in this, like, historical fucking building in Salem, Massachusetts. Like, it was just this beautiful place. Plenty of witches were burned uh, there. I'm sure it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, the witch galleries, like, right across the street. It was a really oh, cool so spot. Cool. And uh, so uh, she was just like, uh, you know, my mom, my parents are the fucking best. And uh, she was like, uh, I was like, I don't care if we got to pay the deposit again, whatever. I'll pay it. Like, whatever we got to do. Thank God we hadn't sent out invites yet so right uh so we changed it man we pushed it forward like four weeks or something and then i went there and it's like man that's a lot of pressure i was like we just moved my wedding like and i have to have the meat of my life mm-hmm. to qualify and uh and i did so it was, it wow. was really that's... that's one of those things you can't yeah that's a day that will forever just be really fucking special to me that, so. that's a whole story like i would love to it, it... 
like that that's incredible, man. I mean, you move your wedding, you you basically have every person that matters to you, their eyes are now on you like this better be fucking worth it. Right. No and, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I got to I got to give props to Val too because, you know, very many very few few fiancés would have been like, yeah, go, just, you know, let's change it. Fuck it. Dude, she was just down and at that point she was not on the list for yeah for WPO. She hadn't been invited yet. So it was like just for me and and when I say when I say my wife's a bad bitch, I mean that in the most complimentary like she is just no, down. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, like she's just down for it. And yeah. um I remember we so I was you know, I had squatted eleven forty in the gym. And uh, so we took 11.47 on my third, and I missed it. I bobbled it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we went went to bench. I went like, you know, six, and then 6.22, which was a PR. Mm-hmm. Dave had me take like 7.40, and I missed it. And we're in the back, and I'm like, my best deadlift at this point is 7.40. Mm-hmm. And we're in the back, and I'm just like, man, look at what I got to do to pull 25, or to total 25. And I hold up 7.71, and the whole group that we're with starts dying laughing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just laughing. And so, uh, you know, I opened with seven and me and Alan Pilly were literally tied, same body weight, tied going into deadlifts. Wow. Uh, he had, he had squatted 1102. I had squatted 1107. I had benched 622. He had benched 627. Oh, wow. Okay. That's crazy. So we're going in and I was opening like slightly heavier than him. So he opens like 683. I opened with seven. Smoke mine. His gave him a little bit of little bit of trouble mm-hmm. he goes to his second one which is like 722 i went 738 pulled it thought i won i held. i have the video i held him like yeah motherfucker that's what i'm talking about slam the bar down. i'm like all stoked so oh I think, no I, I think i beat him so i go in the back and and he jumps to 744 and i was like man like i know those guys down in florida i know that crew mm-hmm. they're they're very good with their gear so he could have just fucked up his second one and he could smoke this 744. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, you know what I mean? I was like, man, this, I already had the adrenaline dump of like, I think I won, you know? Yeah. So Dave's like, I'm going to call you 747. And if he misses, we're allowed to change your deadlift before they say your name. Mm-hmm. So if he misses, you're going for 25. And he goes, just see if you can get it to your knees. And I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting at the chalk bowl. He misses his. You can feel the drawability right goes, now. I love this. <laughs> going for going for the big one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I'm like sitting there, and Val like literally like she like leans over like I think she pulled one of my earbuds out and just goes, just don't be a pussy, dude. Don't <laughs> stop. She goes, don't stop fucking pulling. Wow. Do not stop. And I was like, wow. All right, like sky, like fuck it, you know, and. uh you know, I end up pulling it. If like, you could see it, you can't even see it on the camera right now. Like my hair on my arm just stood up when you, when you did that. Like that. It was a, Ooh, it was a really, it was a very, very special moment um, for, for me. And uh, you know, I just, I was very fortunate to have uh, everything kind of fall into place that day, dude. It's just, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that I, I get like emotional thinking about it because there were a lot of people that did not want to see me do well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't go into that meet trying to prove them wrong. I went into that meet trying to prove uh, everyone who was rooting for me, trying to prove them right. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, it was just, I mean, 
I look at Fahey after that because Fahey was at that meet, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we remember." Yeah. He had oh, his yeah. backpack yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, Dude, he, he had that. I uh, he had that camera like balancing in front of him on that string. Mm-hmm. We, oh yeah, we were we were, in, <laughs> we were in the back room, and I found a picture of uh, the ant from Honey I Shrunk the Kids, mm-hmm. where they like hold the they oh. hold the crumb out in front of him on the string. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and I, and I, yes. I took a picture of him and like put it next to that one and just like sent it to his phone without saying anything. We're like in the warm up room. He's like, "You son of a bitch." You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at him and I was just like, hey, man, like, you know, you think you think that's going to be enough? Like, what do you think? Yeah. You think that that 20 and, and he's like, ah, you know, we'll see, <laughs> you know. So even we'll at see. that point, it was like, who fucking knows? Right. Right. And uh, so I ended up, you know, qualifying and, and it was just, man, I just I love the fucking sport, man. Thinking about it just makes me miss that day. Yeah. You want to just like relive it a million times. Oh yeah, like B, B day, WPO day, like I, I, I'm the same way, man. I just, I, I, I live for that shit. It's, it's awesome. Uh, and it's such, it's such a high to be out there with you guys, whether it's there at the WPO or you know at a meet I'm competing at or when I'm coaching my daughter or even just you know something as simple as handing off to Eric. And people think that's you know oh it's no big deal. You just pick the weight up and he does all the rest. It's just it's such a, an adrenaline rush to be around that environment. It's just it's. I think you can attest to this too, and, and I'm not trying to take this lightly. That is just a different high than you're going to ever find anywhere else. Oh, dude, it, it, it's like uh, I there's like weird things that you remember about the day, and weird things that you forget about the day, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and, and different moments. I remember I'm a I'm a very weird individual when it comes to what I I need to do mentally to perform well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, you could just left it as you're a very weird individual, but that's, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, same, same. So, uh, so I remember being in the hole with 1107 at that meet and thinking, I wonder what we're going to eat for dinner tonight. I'll never forget that. I just I, remember being like, what are we eating tonight? I and can just, relate like, to that so much. I, I think about that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it was, it was, that was like really great. And then, you know, the following day, of course, you know, Kovach goes in and squats a world record with a ripped suit that he didn't know was ripped. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was just, uh, you know, the sport's fucking incredible. You can see when you have a day like that, mm-hmm. it puts it, it puts it into perspective when you look at guys and you're like, what's wrong with that fucking guy? Based on the shit I've seen him do, he should total 2800 mm-hmm. and he can never fucking do it. And it's like, well, because literally these stars have to fucking align. Well, especially equipped. I would oh, say. yeah. Yeah, it has to be perfect, man. I mean, even the, the 11 that I squatted, I went to take it out of the hooks. The racks were too high. They went to fucking pull the hooks and I almost got pulled over. So I put it back in and usually, you know how it is, man. You, you have one bad pick with a big weight. You're mm-hmm. like. You get in your head. Yeah, and- yeah you're going to time out and, and everything else. And, and they were running a pretty tight ship that day. And, um, you know, I. <laughs> I somehow managed to pick it good on the second one and, and squat it. So it was like, you know, any other day I, I might've eaten shit with that. Sure. And and so it was, uh, when, when something like that happens and everything lines up, you, you really can tell like, you know, and kind of feel bad for the people who don't ever have a day like that. That's because, fair. Uh, that's fair. You know, it, it meant it just, it meant the fucking world to me. You know, that's a 2,500 pound total is something that, uh, kind of puts you into a different category mm-hmm. of of lifter. Um, I don't really count it until I do it twice, though. Okay. Sure. So why so right, why is that? I got I got to understand that. I don't know, man. You uh, want to be a one hit wonder? 
Yeah, man, I got a broken watch that's right twice a day. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> that's very, so, very fair. I mean, fuck it, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I've done, I've done six ninety off a of one board, and my best bench in a meet is six twenty two. I've done eight hundred off a of three board. You know what I mean? I, I, sure. I like. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I've, I've, I've squatted seven hundred pounds in the gym plenty of times. <laughs> right, more yeah, you know that. what I mean? Like it's just one of those things. Like, like I don't think that you're really. Obviously, it, it's special, but mm-hmm. you know, until I squatted a thousand for the second time, I was like, "Am I ever going to squat a thousand again?" I don't know. We'll fucking find out, I guess. You know. Well, I think I think Dave said it very well. You know, once once the fluke, twice is is not. Yeah, 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 and that's sort of. Uh, you know where I'm at right now because you know I've had a couple of not so great meets, sure. uh, and uh, and so it's just you gotta. That's part of the the hard part of this sport, really, is because not only are we handling weights that could fucking kill you, but mm-hmm. also it's like you all of your peers at the. Not that I'm like at this crazy level of lifting, you know. Like I don't want to sound like that, but all of my peers are are very skilled lifters. Yeah. And you don't want to be the guy that shits down his leg at every meet. That's sure. very, very fair. You know what I mean? So uh, there's a lot of pressure that you have to deal with with that. And uh, I fucking love it, though, dude. Like, I, I can't imagine living without that cloud mm-hmm. over my head worrying if I'm going to do it again. Because it's like, it makes me feel uh, like I have a a purpose greater than than just, you know, being a dude. Sure, sure. That's that's very fair, man. So, could we rewind a little bit? Uh, you kind of talked about how you went and visited Westside um, with another coach, but then, you know, how did you get invited, and what was the process like there to then, you know, actually oh, take your whole yeah. life and, and move it to yeah. Columbus, as many people have done, to be fair. Yeah. So, uh, uh, let's see. So, I went out for that meet. Um, the Dave you know, Hoff I meet did, you're talking about? Yeah, I went out for that meet. I did all right. And then, uh, let's see, what did I do? Oh yeah. So I, I hurt my knee at a, uh, at a, a hardcore show. I tore my meniscus. I had to get knee surgery. Mm. Oof. Uh, and I did that like two weeks after I had totaled 2000 for the first time later oh, that wow. year. So, uh, no insurance. It was a fucking nightmare. I had to get surgery. So, uh, when I came back from that, uh, my first meet was a push pull in newark ohio that we drove out here for actually me and val and our friend reed we weren't dating at the time we were just training partners Mm -hmm. and um we drove out and uh i was we were like 20 minutes from the hotel and brian silfie's the guy who was already in ohio had talked to louis and he calls me he's like hey louis said something about you just trying out instead of the meat and i was like what are you fucking (laughs) what the fuck so i was like it's uh, a very louis thing to do we show up at the meet and I'm like, uh, or show up at the gym and I'm like, what's up, Lou? How you doing? You know? And he's like, what are you, what are you going to do this weekend? And I go, well, I'm going to bench five and then I'm going to pull seven. And then on Monday, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to squat nine. Okay. And he's like, and he's like, all right, we'll see. So I go, I bench <laughs> right. five, oh, bench five. Yeah. He's like, yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I go and I bench five Oh five pull seven came in and, and squatted a, a 50 pound PR on the Monday and uh, he's like, Hey, you should come do this meet with us in West Virginia in, you know, whatever, 12 weeks, West Virginia. Nasty. Yeah. I was like, I was like, all right, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's party, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, so I went home that night and they con Tommy contacted Brian and and said, you know, why doesn't he come back here for Circamax? So I was like, all right, this is basically a tryout. Yeah. Describe you know, Circa like Max it, for people that don't know Westside well. 
Circamax. So it's like the, the, you know, at the time, you know, it's a big, it's your biggest squad of the training session cycle. It's mm. like 21 days out. You take something stupid against a bunch of bands to a box, basically. Okay. okay. So basically, so, uh, basically try to kill yourself, essentially. Yeah. You just take like a super, super max. And um, so I came out and I squatted uh, like six, six plates and a dime plus blue and green bands to a box. And uh, blues are really yeah, big. Was, greens are also big. Yeah. 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 So it was like, you know, it was high nines at the top or whatever. And and uh, I, I, I got that and I, I looked at Lou and I was like, hey, man, uh, what's it going to take for me to come fucking train out here? You know, what's what's it going to take? That's, and there you go. Uh, fuck it, dude. I was like, you know, I mean, let's find out. Yeah. I mean, that's nothing adventure, <laughs> nothing gain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever. And he just looked at me and goes, ah, why don't you move out here? And I was like, uh, you mean like so I can train with y'all? Like, <laughs> and he was like, he was like, yeah, come and train. And I was like, OK, because I mean, at the time, like that day in the gym, it's like I'm looking around and, uh, you know, some heavy hitters at the time at Westside and, yeah. and uh, I was like sick. So I, I run outside, call my dad on the phone. I'm like, yo motherfucker. Like <laughs> I'm moving to Ohio. Like I'm doing it, you know? So yeah. I, I, I told Lou, I said, Hey man, give me these six weeks to, uh, to get my shit together a little bit and uh, do this meet. And then I'll, I'll come out after mm-hmm. uh, or, or it was three weeks to the meet. And then I said, give me three weeks after that to get my shit in order and come out. So uh, sure. I, I lived on a dude's couch out here. I went to that meet actually funny story about that meet. What a nightmare. I squatted nine Oh five bench five something. And we were arguing about what I should open my deadlift with. Now I pulled seven uh, in a push pull, but my best full meet was six seventy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so they wanted me to open 675, like my coach did. And I was like, man, I don't know. I kind of want to open lighter. Like, what the fuck, you know? And, uh, Tommy was just which, looking which at me. Which is the least West like, Side thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. That's kind of nerve wracking to open. Like, fuck, dude. Cause I had missed a squat. So I was a little, a little toasted. And, uh, so I look at Tommy and I'm like, man, like, I guess if I can't pull 675, I should go fucking play in traffic anyway at this point, huh? And he just goes, he's like, well, it's not like you've got a trip to our uh, membership at Westside Barbo riding on it or anything. And I was like, oh, shit, this is a tryout meet. I like, <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I already quit my job, broke up with the girl I was dating. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Jesus. I already did everything. Like, I was already moved in my brain, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, shit. So I pulled 675, missed 705 twice, but um, I totaled 2100. Uh, and then, you know, three weeks later, I... You know, very cliche, but I I moved out to Ohio with eight hundred dollars in my bank account with everything I could fit in a Prius. Chase, wow! Well, it, it it doesn't always work out. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if you listened to our conversation with Fahey, but mm-hmm. his first day of taping for Westside versus the World, oh, yeah, some yeah. random guy was talking to him. He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And he was like, "I don't know why nobody's talking to me." And Louis was like, "Yeah, you know that guy's new. Uh, I don't know where he's from or what his name is." Uh, then Louis said he was there for two workouts. And then psh, he was out of there. And he, he had moved to Columbus to train from, at Westside. From North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. He was from North Carolina. Yeah. He was oh, for two yeah. workouts I, I, and gone. I know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, awesome. yeah. Um, I mean, there was a gentleman who moved out uh, three weeks after me. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, you know, so I moved out in September. He moved out early October. And he got his key taken from him, you know, in December. And he wow. had moved there. Wow. So it was kind of, you know... It's very nerve wracking because you're like, man, I kind of 
set my whole life on fire to come out here. Um, yeah. But I mean, hey, man, I, 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 I can perform under pressure. Apparently, <laughs> you so you you burn the ships, man. I mean, there's there's something to be yeah. said for that. You know, like if when there is no escape route, there's no going back. It, it's do you perform or do you you know or do you wilt? And and obviously you you went and performed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, I came out and uh, we did. I, man, I did like. Man, I want to say I did. Eleven meets in twenty five months or something like that. Wow, Jesus. it was like, it was something crazy. Like I, you know, I got out there. That was in August. I did a meet in November. I cut to two twenty again for that. I totaled twenty one oh five. I had a five pound PR like total in a just a total shit fucking day. Right. And Lou Lou looks at me in the parking lot and he's like, "There's another meet in three weeks. You're not cutting for it." Wow. I said, "Yeah, I'm surprised okay. that you cut with Louie. I mean." We have a, a lifter here who, mm-hmm. at one point, he was a young guy. He was cutting to 198. And I said, if you were at Westside, Louie <laughs> would tell you you'd need to be 308 to oh, yeah, you know, work he, out your leverage. He's, what, 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it kind of depends on what mood the guy's in, to be honest with you. But, I mean, like, if you can do something cool at a lower weight class, you know, he, he's for it because you can sure. move the board or, or whatever. So, right. uh, you know, I went to 20 and, and had a terrible day. You know, he said three weeks later or four weeks later there was another meet. Don't cut. So I went to the next meet. uh and uh, squatted a 95-pound PR, squatted 1,000 for the first time. Wow. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I totaled like 2235 or something like that. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, yeah, and then it kind of just steamrolled from there into a bunch of meets of me putting like a shit ton of weight on my squat and nothing on anything else. It took me <laughs> quite some time to figure that out. I'm still kind of figuring it out. But, um, yeah, man, it, the, the opportunity – uh, to train there, obviously, um, you know, without getting into specifics, there's some, you know, there's some bad, there's some bad blood there uh, now, but I'm still very grateful for the opportunity to have trained there. Uh, I know that sounds like I'm reading a fucking script, but well, it, it um, advanced your powerlifting career for sure. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And uh, you know, you you can't. I'm not who I am without the going through bullshit. So mm-hmm. sure. I, I'm happy for for anything that's happened because where I'm at in my life right now, I'm, I'm fucking stoked. So okay, yeah. you uh, fair um, It was a really, I, it was a very, very interesting couple of years <laughs> for sure. Um, but I learned a lot. I got stronger, got mm-hmm. hurt, got better, got hurt again. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, there were lessons a lot learned of, and a lot of learning. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, I think that's there's a, there's this mystique around Westside. And I think that's why West Side vs. the World was such a popular documentary mm-hmm. because it's like at the average gym, like there's no tryout. There's no like, you know, no. you, just, <laughs> you just join the gym. And sometimes with teams, you know, there's a way of joining the team or more likely there's times when you can get booted off the team if you're, you know, being an ass. You're being an ass or not helping yeah. out or whatever. But it, it's a totally different Write dynamic. Down, folks, Eric swore on the show. I like that. <laughs> there's a totally different <laughs> dynamic when it's like you're invited. People literally move from different parts of the country to train there. And yeah. then like, God, the guy, like we talked about the guy from North Carolina, who's, who's out of there in literally two workouts. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of one of those things where, uh, <clears throat> my, uh, so to, to put it out there even, even further, another thing, I've made a lot of decisions that like probably made me an asshole at the time. Um, and you know, I, I have to live with those decisions, sometimes, but, uh, sometimes you know, you when I got man. it, when I got invited, uh, my, my old man had, had cancer at the time Ugh, Wow! and, uh, and he, I love my dad. Like me and my, it's my best friend. He was my best man at my wedding. It was a great podcast uh, by the way with him. That was awesome. Uh, oh, thank you very much, man. Yeah. He's, 
Al's a fucking gangster, dude. <laughs> he is. So, he is. <laughs> so uh, he told me, I mean, he pulled me aside. You know, he was very excited on the phone when I called him and told him I was moving. And he pulled me aside um, at some point during the time before I left, you know, and, and basically said, like, I really wish you would stay, but I know that you need to go. So I want you to go. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, and I mean, I had been, you know, once a week driving him into Boston to get uh, radiation and stuff. And he's, you know, he's better now. He's, you know, he's been Excellent. on the mend for quite some time. But that's awesome. Uh, there was a lot of things that, uh, you know, I don't regret them because they put me where I am. But I, I don't think at 34 I would make the same decisions. Fair. Um, and and uh, looking back at it, I remember saying stuff like that back then being like, this is the fucking time to do this. Sure. Yeah. When you're that age and yep. not married, <laughs> no mortgage, no kids, right. very no minimal kids, right. things to tie you down. It's the Shit, time to man. Take, I only had enough things to fit in a fucking Prius, bro. Right. Wow. I, I had nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I didn't have. So, so you would have been. How old were you when you moved to Ohio? I was 30. Okay. And, 30. Uh, I've always been kind of. You know, I, already, I already have four kids at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I. I asked my mom when I was in my late twenties, like when I was going to have the switch to be like, act like an adult. And she looks at me and she's like, that hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's going to happen for you, sweetheart. <laughs> no, if you, you know, so. don't be, be, if anyone is listening to this right now, be fucking Peter Pan. If you can't do not ever grow up, it's bullshit. It's a trap. Uh, hmm. But I think we'll talk about that in another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, it taught me a lot about myself. And, and um, I think that people who have the opportunity to, to do stuff, mm-hmm. um, like that and kind of hang your nuts out a little bit. I, I, I encourage people to do it. And if not for anything, like the experience alone, and also it'll show you who the fuck your friends are real quick. That's sure. and, very, very uh, true. It'll, it'll expose people for uh, being a fake supportive person. Sure. Very and, uh, and, but very it also true. shows you who's fucking rad because I'll tell you what, uh, Val was in the car when she dropped me off to to get on the plane to fly out here for that Circumax tryout, mm-hmm. and you know she's the second person that I texted. You know, yeah. I, I called my dad and then I texted her and Reed in our group text to say like, "We fucking made it, bro! Like, <laughs> we're doing it." You know, and, and were you guys dating at that point or still just like training partners? No, we were just training partners at the okay. time, and uh, you know. I can't, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but you know, we had trained together for like a year and, um, okay. She's one of my best friends and it just, you know, uh, she's, she still fucking is, you know yeah. what I mean? And, sure. and, um, so she moved out here. Shit. I don't know. Fucking a month after I moved out here, maybe a month and a half. Mm-hmm. So and, she had uh, her whole life too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure people thought she was fucking nuts. Um, all her friends, I was her nuts, family. You know? Oh yeah. But uh, it, hey, man, it fucking worked out, and yeah. and uh, so for anybody who's you know, I tell people that you know, it's like, dude, fucking go for it, because the worst thing that's gonna happen, it is way. I can't imagine what I would be sitting here thinking with everything that's going on with powerlifting right now. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being in New Hampshire still and being like, I can't believe I fucking didn't take that chance. Sure, yeah, for sure, you know. So I'm I, I'm grateful every day. If I hadn't done it, you know, I, I don't know if I'd be married or whatever you know what i mean so everything kind of i don't think everything happens for a reason but it's pretty sweet to look at the domino effect of making a a big decision yeah for sure man so Uh, you're moving out to columbus and i don't know what you're doing for a living at that point you said maybe doing some call center stuff but like 
do you just go find a job? Like, what's the process? $800 in your, your bank account? So, uh, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you can do a lot of things at night in Columbus, but I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So I, I came out. I was fortunate enough to, to live on somebody's couch or in their spare room. And okay. um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so basically I had, uh, let's see. I had six six people that I had asked if they wanted to try the online training stuff that I was coaching in New Hampshire at the time. And I said, listen, we'll, okay. do, 50 bu- we'll do 50 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. I'll set up a Facebook group. I'll put programming in there. You guys post your videos. I didn't really think it out much at all. I was like, let's just try. I'm going to do this to keep tabs on you. And and I figured I'm like, all right, that's 300 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. I think I can scrape by for a little bit if I'm doing that in a part-time job. Okay. And, uh, so I, I got into construction and stuff and I did that for quite some time. Um, and the, the online training stuff just kind of grew and, uh, at a, a seemingly pretty slow rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was working construction, working my ass off. You know, when I squatted a thousand for the first time, I was working 70 hour weeks on a fucking ladder. Wow. Like, Jesus. You know, that's crazy. Um, well, doing exter- exterior paint jobs and, and shit like that. Wow. Well, cause the, the joke is always that. <laughs> Lifters will move to Columbus to train at Westside and then get a job at a strip club so they can train with the morning crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically all, all it did was it, it just shifted my, uh, it shifted my work day a couple hours later. So I, you know, we show up at job sites at 10 a.m. and people are like, who the fuck are these guys? But it's like, instead of showing up at 7 a.m. cause we already trained and then you just work a little later into the night. But, um, right. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I did that for quite some time and then, and then I started, you know, I just, I fucking hated my life every day at, at work. I, I just, I was like, what am I fucking doing with myself? Like I didn't move to Ohio to hate every single fucking second, except for the two hours I'm in the gym. Yeah. Like, that's I, that's I, tough. I, I just, yeah. you, you know, like I, I was like, I know this is what I had, you know, you're like, I got to do this, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have to, but like, fuck man. There's got to be, I, there's, there has to be something better than this. So again, Val being just the baddest of bitches, she's like, dude, <laughs> you need to start pushing your, your company. You need to start pushing your online training and you need to start pushing this. Yeah, so, now, had you already named it trigger warning or had you like, uh, you- yeah, like a little bit. I mean, like nothing major. We had a few t-shirts made and, sure. and the group, um, actually it was like this super, I've said this before on podcast, this very, very liberal feminist came up with the name. Okay. My friend, my friend Jackie, which is funny because like trigger warning obviously is like yeah. associated with all that stuff. So she's sure, like, you sure. should just call it trigger warning conjugate. That is fairly ironic. Know, that is actually really funny. And especially yeah, if she could see my shirt right out. now because I have a parody shirt we made of the Make America Great Again. It's Make Equip Listening Great Again. Love it. So all, of course, red with white, white letters. It says mega on the back. <laughs> Love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So she came up with the idea. And just because I'm a very straightforward. I just, I don't, man, I don't have time to fucking beat around the bush. I'll just tell you, if your squat looks like shit, it looks like shit. Get your fucking knees out. Like, you know, I yeah. just, that's how I am. So, um, we kind of pushed that. I, I did Uber for a little bit. Uh, hey, hey. Yeah. To, to for, for, kinda, for employer of mine. Yeah, dude. Hey man, I, I had a blast doing it when, when I was doing it, you know, and, um, and then slowly but surely I just, I gained enough traction that, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I don't have to don't have to drive people around in my car anymore, and I can just coach full time. So okay, and uh, it's all online at this point. Yeah, all online right now. Um, I'd like to change that at some point, mm-hmm. um, and and do some more uh, 
like in person stuff because I, I really do enjoy it. Um, but Maybe yeah, it's, it's and just been like that. sort of this slow progression of like basically having the confidence to put myself out there. Sure, you know, um, because you just get ridiculed. Uh, you know, everybody seems to be looking for like the I got you moment, like the aha moment. Oh on yeah, see, he oh, doesn't yeah. know what he's talking about. Yep. You know what I mean? And um, I, I literally just had one of those on Facebook, like before we started recording. <laughs> you know, people love like trying to cut you down. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nerve wracking to, you know, put all your eggs in that basket to be like, hey, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Sure. And it, it took me a little bit to uh, to do that and to have people take me seriously. But um, it's really it's really grown. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to have uh, like built a built a community uh, yeah. kind of insulating myself and and. This, my clients are the fucking best and the people on uh, – I have a bunch of people that – you know, even the people who I don't coach that maybe follow the the, the, the Instagram, mm-hmm. like they're fucking rad. I, I get messages all the time, people saying thank you for what you do and everything and I just sure. – that means a lot to me because I got a lot of help when, when I was coming up too. Sure. Yeah, I so. think we've got a guy that just started with our gym and has spotted and loaded at the WPO. Yeah, John Campion. John, John Campion. That, uh, is it Campion yep. or Campion? Uh, I believe it's Campion. Uh, whatever, Com- whatever I say, Campion. he doesn't you know, yeah. correct me or anything. So. Okay, yeah. Who follows your programming? Yep. And I yeah, believe the, I believe the group has I've... seen the inside of my garage now. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, the first time I met him or saw him in person mm-hmm. was when I was walking Val up to the bar at semifinals. <laughs> That okay. Is like, awesome. Like what? That what is up, so dog? Cool. Like, how you doing, man? Nice to see you in person. <laughs> um, but I think that there, you know, there's a culture, uh, specifically with Multiply, mm-hmm. um, where people love to trash on online coaching. They they, they love to they think that it's tra- that it's garbage. And oh. I'll tell you what, man. Um, well, and I think that comes from the non-Multiply. I was about to say, I think in general, the Multiply community is more supportive i think the raw sure. community is probably ones that's like you know there's an expert everywhere and right louis and Westside <laughs> and nothing conjugates any good because they just squat geared and high and yeah et cetera, et cetera. yeah uh it's been you know it's one of those things where uh i it used to bother me a lot but like you know i've got guys uh i, I actually had a, a kid do uh your meet one of your meets um I forget what it was. His name's Lucas Sigwards. Yeah, and he, Midwest Equipped Open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Siggy uh, actually lives out by my man. parents. What's that? He lives out by my parents, actually. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he, yeah. dude, great kid. And that kid trains, trains alone in his garage yeah. Yeah. In, in Multiply. Yeah, I follow his Instagram. It's I, as do scary I. sometimes. He's a maniac. Um, and But, like, he went nine for nine in his first Multiply meet with only online coaching. So if online coaching sucks, I guess I suck then. Yeah. Well, you know what I keep, mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> keep keep sucking, my friend, because obviously it's working. So I, I actually really yeah, wish I could retract that really, statement. But anyway. I really, <laughs> I'm going to cut that one out right there. <laughs> well, I, have a really, I have a really good time with it, man. I, I, love, I love my job. So well, And it's interesting on Compion because he was one that emailed me and mm-hmm. asked about the WPO and was like, hey – like, are there going to be tickets? Like, how do I come and watch? And I remember him doing on our meets. And yeah. I was like, hey, you're a big dude. Yeah. Do you want a spot and load? <laughs> yeah. You can have a front row seat. And he was like, sure. Yep. That's how. And then, you know, the semifinals, actually, he was uh, he was a bit of a last minute addition because we had the group that was supposed to come. Mm-hmm. And there were some last minute changes. And I was uh, just like, hey, you want to come out to Columbus and spot and load again? Yeah. He grabs a, <laughs> he grabs a freaking 6 a.m. flight. And he's there on Thursday. I'm like, Jesus, man. Yeah, you guys do such a bang up job, man. Uh, 
like it, there is a uh, I've said it on other podcasts before, but uh, uh, I there's a there's a level of security that you feel at these meets, mm-hmm. sure. Um, that really allows us to push the fucking envelope, and uh, I'm I'm always super grateful. Uh, I the, the the day of it's like you have such adrenaline dump and everything. Oh yeah, you know it's like you forget to thank people after. Um, but it's like man. Uh, I know what it's like to go to a meet, be, you know, my opener be mm-hmm. 200 pounds bigger than anyone else's third attempt. Yeah. No doubt. And, yeah. and then you're looking at these spotters and you're like, I better fucking get this or I'm killing me and you. Yeah. Like, like, so to, to have a bunch of guys that know what to say, when to say it, don't say dumb shit. Don't say, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I chirp in your guys' ear. See, that's what people don't get on the uh, any of the broadcasts or the replays. Is I'm chirping your guys' ear as we're as we're up on the platform. Yeah, and it's it's never it's not like you know it's like it's very confident. It makes you feel very confident to have someone behind you that even if they're saying you know keep that back tight, let's go, buddy, big air, here we go. Mm-hmm. Like those are terms that only someone who lifts weights are really going to know. Sure. And to hear those, you're like, all right, this motherfucker's confident enough to be telling me what I need to be doing. And I'm squatting 1,100 pounds. Mm-hmm. I feel confident this guy's spotting me, and he's not going to let me fucking die. Yeah. So it's it's really I think you know I can't give you guys enough respect for that because you guys do a fucking great job. I appreciate that. I, I, yeah, I, I I know I I sometimes get a little extra spotlight just because I'm the one who yells. But I mean, John, Joey, Trace, Georgie, uh, Nick Detman, uh, who's at the Super Finals, and my gut says we'll probably be back for this year's Super Finals as well. Yeah, he probably will be. Uh, you know, he was a back spotter uh, that you actually talked about on the Everybody Sucks podcast that would wrap you up as soon as you got to the top. And yeah, dude, I love that. That's like, it's one of those things where it's like, man, that's the scariest part of a fucking equipped squat. Yeah. And, Fuck and be- the hole doesn't matter. It's the top. And to have someone wrap you up like that, it's like, all right, man, I'm safe. Nice. Well, he go, he and I go way back. Yeah. I mean, we talked at a previous podcast. We were doing our Powerlifting USA throwback, mm-hmm. and there was the results from like the 07 APF Junior Nationals. Yep. And this guy, Mike White, this Michigan guy, had I think he attempted 1,100 twice, and he fell back with it like seven times in those <laughs> two attempts. And Detman just – he looked at me and shook his head, and it's like, oh, he's coming back into me again. Yep. And he just kept standing up and falling backwards. Yeah. But no, it's, yeah, I uh, mean, there's a certain amount of know-how that you have to have. And, and doing switching over to an APF meet, um, an APF uh, – Federation, the APF, and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It, it, it was a big transition for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, why, um, why is that? It was very. Uh, how can I say this and be politically correct? I mean, you don't have uh, to be politically correct. <laughs> Remember, he's just a state chairman. He's not the he's not the president or anything. <laughs> yeah, like that, so. yeah, yeah. I was all. I know he said it before the podcast, but damn, I was fucking nervous. I'm like, man, Eric Stone's a pretty serious fucking judge, man. I got. I'm going to podcast, I'm like, God damn, like Eric. Eric like, that's what people don't get. Eric, yes, on meet day, he is the most serious dude you can ever meet. Super professional. He yeah. he really is, and he is Jake from State Farm, and more just nervous about all the ten thousand details going on Dude, no there's so i've never i've never put this out to the public but there's a moment where okay so nationals ah man when was it it was two years ago yeah nationals that were in chicago yeah Mm -hmm. 2018 equipped nationals um so uh, we show up and i'm always i'm always you know man everybody on the internet thinks i squat high i've gotten a bunch of shit because i had a couple squats in the past that were Mm -hmm. atrocious um and they got passed or whatever but so and, I, you, and you know, will pay for them for life. 
Yeah, switching over to APF, <laughs> I was nervous, you know, first couple of meets. So my second APF meet was that meet, and I was okay. very hurt. You know, I was um, had a lot of, uh, as odd as it sounds, like pelvic floor groin issues that were just fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really nervous going in, and we show up. With, you know, we always get there crazy early day before weigh-ins and everything. And I see I see Stone walking out of the, you know, the big ballroom, and I'm like, I walk over, shake his hand, and like try and chum it up. I'm like, hey man, it looks really great in here. This is great. And he just goes, Uh huh. You can get your rack height over there. I was like, Okay. I was oh, like, what a dickhead. Oh my god, that's like, awesome. All right. Well, he is not trying to be my friend right now, so that's cool. So uh, yeah, uh, the switch to APF, it was a big a big transition because. Uh, <laughs> So as far as, you know, as far as I'm concerned, man, like, uh, it's, it's almost a different sport. My my first APF meet was, it felt like a different sport because it was, it felt like a sport and not Mm -hmm. a meet, if that makes sense. Interesting. So a a local guy around here who I won't name, but, uh, Mm -hmm. is well known in the area. He said something to somebody else that got back to me and basically said, yeah, Eric Stoney, he's a dick, but he, he puts on good meats. <laughs> uh, you know, I hate to uh, uh, say that I've heard the same thing, but I may have heard the same thing uh, from, from some people. But, dude, I always say to people, I'm like, yo, I love when, when Stone is the head judge because he does not give a fuck who it is. He's like bars loaded, clicks the stopwatch, and that's what it fucking is, man. Like, I mean, that's the rules. <laughs> Yeah, those are the fucking rules, man. And I love that. I mean, like, my, I squatted 1075 at 242 in my first APF meet. And, uh, um, okay. It's awesome. I was getting under the bar and it's like, you know, minute had been called. I'm getting under the bar. I'm taking my breath. And as, you know, I'm getting ready and I hear 30 seconds and I'm like, this dude is not fucking around. <laughs> and, and I loved it, dude, because to, to me, that levels the playing field. Sure. Yeah. That sure. creates a layer of, hey, dude. This is not the fucking wild, wild west. Like, yeah. everybody is going to be held to the same fucking standard. And exactly, I and I love I love that because I'm the type of dude. I got a big mouth. I got tattoos all over me. I'm on the internet. I used to be a lot louder and crazier on the internet, but we, we so have a few are, like that around here too. <laughs> I mean, you certainly have an intimidating look to you. I would say that. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's like it's one of those things where it's like people either you're gonna like me or dislike me, and so when you go to meets where all the judges are friends with everybody or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you're either going to get good calls or bad calls. Sure. Sure. And, and I like going somewhere where, Hey man, like I don't expect to talk to the judges at an APF meet before the meet and talk about the beers we're going to have after, or the podcast we did or, or whatever. It's like, those are fucking the referees right now. No, you now. do that with the spotters, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it, so it doesn't matter. And I really like that aspect where some people might not like that. Like, sure. fuck it, dude. I like – give me the strict meets. Like, a strict meet to me just means I might not squat what I want to, but I know I can take it where it needs to go. Sure. Which, but you're going to earn maybe, every one Maybe of someone times. else won't, you know? You're going to earn that total, and that's – I think that's an important thing. I think that's something that I've seen as well. You know, obviously, raw lifting little – Little different because we get, you know, supposedly we have to get deeper, but whatever. Uh, I'm assuming this was at one of Laura Phelps's meets that I was the head judge. Yeah, it was. Um, it was the first meet she switched to APF. Okay, ah. yeah, because she actually specifically reached out to me and wanted me to come be the head judge. And I, w- I don't want to say she said to me like be strict, but she was kind of like, you know, in the past we've run it with a different organization and it's been run a little bit differently, <laughs> and we realized that it has to be run a little bit differently with an APF sanction. Yep. Now, would you say that that federation was of the southern variety? Was there uh, uh yes. 
<laughs> I mean, there may or may not have been some Joe Exotics in there, but and that's the dumbest name for a federation that I've ever heard. It's pretty brutal. We, we want to take it national. Call it Southern Power. Hey, man, I, I've had some good meats with that. I've had some sure. bad meats. The thing, the thing is with, with all that stuff is like, hey, man, good meats, bad meats, good judging, bad judging. The, the, it seemed like the scope of, of, of what was good and what was bad was very much wider mm-hmm. with the sure. other federations. Whereas as APF, you might have some that are run a little more strict, but even the quote unquote loose judging that you might get is still fucking strict. Yeah, it's the scope is much more narrow. Yeah, I think some of the like, I'll call them APF offshoot organizations because all of them, many yeah. of them started with the APF. You know, the multiply variety of federations. Yeah, you get, you get into the, the alphabet soup of powerlifting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it really does depend on the meat director. In that case, it's not the brand of the federation; it's the brand of who is running the meat. Versus, at least what we try to do in the APF is have a consistency, and obviously, yep. it's going to be small variations because we're not Nazis like other organizations but sure at the same time we <laughs> want to sound we, like apple yeah we do want a standard <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that it's been uh for me the transition has been really nice and all of my so i mean i had a 1070 squat that was probably two and a half inches high that got passed i had a how uh, do you live with yourself sir uh, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you had any integrity, you would turn that lift down. And, and I never get that because, yeah, like, if somebody in a baseball game and be like, "Oh, you know what? That was actually a strike. I- I'm gonna walk out back Dude. to the dugout." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please. I say I've said that before. Like, um, where it's like, man, I was a goalie. If I pulled, guess what? If I pulled the puck back out of the net before the ref saw it, guess what? It wasn't a fucking goal. Exactly. Right. I, I was a keeper playing like, soccer. Same thing. If, like, if, I don't if, care. Like, that's just how you know. And so. I actually saw I saw a status where someone was, you know, going crazy about squat depth and someone commented and was like, you know, uh, well, should you know, if you had integrity, like, have you ever seen someone actually turn down a lift and someone else commented and tagged a dude? It was like, yeah, he did. And the guy's like, yep, I saw my lift on camera and I went over to the head judge and I want that disallowed. And I'm like, you're a dork, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I am 99% like, sure I know who you're talking about. And that's, that's like, hilarious. Please, like, give me a break. Like, as far as I'm concerned, man, like, if it gets passed, it gets passed. We get good lists, we get bad lists. But what I can say is, for me personally, all of my biggest lifts were done at fucking APF Senior Equip Nationals. Mm hmm. And they were held to a fucking high standard. So I'm, that's something I'm really proud. I don't brag about my lifting. I, sure. I try to be very humble. But that is something that people still crack jokes about the high squats I've gotten past. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you can laugh all you want, man. My biggest total was done on basically at the time the biggest stage for multiply powerlifting. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So with the strict – I mean it's the equivalent to the fucking IPF when it comes to oh, judging we, we, strictness. We don't, with, we don't say that word on you know, here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm you kidding. can leave it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trust the what like, organization? Trust me. I say fuck yeah. them all the time. Same thing with the USAPL. But you know, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, that's where uh, what I tell what I tell people is like, it's what I was told rather, and now I share it with people. It's about your body of work. You should be able to compete anywhere. Sure. Yeah. Agree. I agree. So, I agree so like, and you might have to adjust your training a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, if I'm going to do an IPA mm-hmm. meet, uh, hey, man, I'm I might not take my boxes low. Yeah, <laughs> I might train. I might train a little different. I, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, it just is what it is. And I'm gonna get rid of WPO. Very... I'm gonna do some more GPP because that's me. It's gonna go fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's gonna like fast meat. 
it adds a, it adds a layer. I mean, hey man, like it, I'm not really like a big sports guy, but if you're a football team and you're getting ready to play a team that only runs the fucking ball, are you going to be running a, a bunch of practice on on long passes? Fast no, no, you're going to sure. prepare for not what you're all. doing. So, uh, you know, I like that. I tell people it's about your body of work. That's what Hoff told me years ago. He said, you should be able to fucking compete anywhere. Yeah. And if you're a true professional, you can do that. Like, hey, man, if I decided to do a USPA meet, I have to train raw and walked out. A uh, duh. You, you know, so it's like. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, hey, man, I'm not going to bring a keyboard to a gunfight. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, hey, let's. So. so I want to get back to talking a little more about the community you've developed and specifically it's, it's developed around the training process of you sure. know, trigger warning. So, you know, what makes it unique from quote unquote regular conjugate or West side style training as some people will call it, what makes trigger warning unique? Um, so basically the way that I think about conjugate training, mm -hmm. it, it is a, uh, umbrella. Okay. Okay. Right. Lots of stuff fits under that umbrella. Mm -hmm. Lots of people are under that umbrella that don't even fucking realize they're under it. Okay. You know what I mean? Lots well, of people talk shit. Certainly no raw lifters are. Not a you single know, like, raw lifters under the umbrella. <laughs> well, like lots of people talk shit about the umbrella that they are under. So uh, to me, um, the the reason that trigger warning is, is different and I might have a, a slight advantage over other people is I have done conjugate based on book of methods. Mm-hmm. I have okay. done conjugate. I have done conjugate based on book of methods plus what I thought I know. Mm -hmm. I've done conjugate directly from Louis's fucking mouth every morning four times a week. <laughs> right. I, I've done conjugate, uh, you know, where I've experimented with weird shit when Louis wasn't looking. I've done conjugate. You know, I've watched people with Laura Phelps and Shane Sweat. Mm -hmm. um, my wife Who really has under, a mind. I mean, yeah, they those two are man. Yeah, it's like a different thing. Like so, so and and now you know I train under Dave, mm -hmm. which is another breed of it. So basically, uh, I try to absorb as much as I can, and sort of you know pick and choose things that I like and that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and for for my lifters, and so I think that the biggest problem that people who are conjugate like married to conjugate. Mm -hmm. I think the big problem that they have is they try and they're so hell bent on saying it works for everything that they will say that you can run the exact same thing for a raw lifter as a equipped guy. Sure. And that is just simply not the fucking case because go and tell. See, there you your, go again, running shit through a brain cell, man. What are you doing? <laughs> like go and tell someone to do a bench without a pause and max out. And then tell that same person to do it with a pause. You think they're going to get the same fucking number? Not unless they are an extremely skilled lifter who knows how to touch and go something while staying completely tight in the bottom and not bouncing or using rebound at all. Sure. That, right? that is that is the anomaly. That is not the, the norm. So, so there's a big – so right? So uh, I have my raw lifters pause all their max effort work. Okay. Makes sense. And I have I have some of them – pause their first rep of their speed bench hmm. Hmm. and that's just and you know some guys who really struggle or girls or whatever some some of them that really struggle i'll have them pause all three reps of their speed bench because that's what they fucking need right 
So it's not wrong wait, wait, hold, hold if up, that's hold what up. they let's, need. Let's rewind that about three seconds. Can you say that louder for everybody mm-hmm. in the back? <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, conjugate, it's, it's what they fucking need. It's not wrong. If, it's not wrong if it works and it's, and it's with a purpose. Okay. A right? Fucking man. <laughs> so, so, so when I say, so I might, you might have a very skilled squatter, mm-hmm. right? That you can literally just, and they can be a raw guy and they can only box squat. Okay. And they could go to a meet and they could be very successful with a free squat, only have, having not free squatted the whole training cycle. That could happen. Yeah. I've, I've done that. I squatted 655 raw with no free squatting. Wow. I mean, it's with rats. Okay. So it's really just cheating, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a cheater. I, you know, whatever. So <laughs> they, they will crucify me at some point for it. So, uh, <laughs> listen. So, <laughs> so that that could happen. And then you could also have a equipped lifter who runs conjugate, mm. who does not seem to have a good effect of a box squat, and they free squat all the time, and then they are fucking successful. Mm-hmm. There's no like. It's funny because. It's like looking at a political thing, right? People who are so far to one side on either side usually suck. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. So with con- with conjugate, it, the people who really, really hate it, they're awful to deal with. The people who are so obsessed with it that they 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 have a you know a framed copy of Book of Methods, mm-hmm. they're not awesome to deal with either. Because when you say to them, "Yeah, I had my lifters do." Uh, my raw lifters, I had them take a max triple free squat. They're like, what? Well, a triple can't be a max effort. It's like, well, sure, based on the verbiage that you're using. But if I want them to strain for three reps and get comfortable under heavy weights, free squatting, it serves a fucking purpose. So that's what they're going to do. Okay. Interesting. Um, so are you that, still using the typical, you know, two max effort, two dynamic effort days in your programming? Of course, you typically? Said yeah. You said it wrong. Yeah. The, wrong. Yeah. The, the split is basically the same. We do heavy days um, on heavy days, and we do speed on speed days. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like uh, the way I explain it is like it, it all matters until it doesn't. Mm. Okay, you know what I mean. Interesting. Like, uh, it, it, like most of the time, people who are obsessed with the rules of it mm-hmm. are people who need to spend less time reading and more time doing pull ups. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a shot at one particular lifter who's been coached for a I'm long time. I'm not saying but. like, and I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that there's a difference between um, being aware and learning of the basic principles, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and then there's there's being obsessed with them, where it's like a paralysis by over analysis type thing. Sure. And so, so what I'm hearing you're saying is like, as a lifter evolves, right, and and they're in a program, whether it is West Side, whether it is a a trigger warning conjugate, whether it's Midwest side over here at 2XL that Eric's been experimenting with or, or what have you. As the lifter evolves, so therefore does the program. It's not Absolutely. just a, not just a hard and fast, here's your block and that's what you're going to do in January and that's what you do every February. And it, No, it's, it, it is constantly evolving based on how the lifter is, to your point you said earlier, your squat's gone up like crazy. The other lifts, you've had to work on adjusting things and you know, you're putting different ingredients in, working on getting those up you know, congruently. And that's just that's a, that's a whole process. Absolutely, man. And and I think that another thing that uh, actually, this is something I got from my old man. My my dad was a coach forever, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that something that separates um, me as a coach and trigger warning as a as a thing is that uh, this is really difficult for me because I'm not good at like boasting or, or whatever. But uh, I, I'll admit when I when I'm wrong. Okay, and sure. I think that that's a big a big thing Huge. for for coaches. 
um, because it's embarrassing to look at someone who had a tough meet and be like, Hey man, I fucked up here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then this is what we're going to change, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, but <clears throat> when you do that, people trust you and they believe in you and they believe that if you're willing to say that, that you're willing to put in the work to figure out what you did wrong yeah. and, and, and how to humanize it. So, um, I think that that's something that separates, um, the trigger warning stuff from, from other people. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, <laughs> it's really funny to watch the, the conjugate haters. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it because it's like, Oh, so you hate conjugate because you don't think it's specific enough. Well, I have two points for the specificity, which I fucking hate that word. But here, here's the two, the two points is that if, if you're worried, and I've said this on other podcasts before, if you're worried that I'm going to forget how to squat with a straight bar, I'm worried that you're going to forget how to strain a max effort. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because a lot of that submaximal stuff, if they're straight bar and they're, you know, um, you know, however their periodization is set up. And then the other thing is like, okay, so you hate conjugate. All right. Well, you have more max effort variations than I fucking use because you have low bar, high bar, elevated heel, not elevated heel, wide, narrow. And then you have all of those for three reps, five reps, 10 reps, 20 reps, 6.7 RPE, 7.7 RPE. Like Tempo have, paused. Yes. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, hey, bro. You're conjugating. It's fine. No one hates you for it. It's yeah. okay. You don't have to hate yourself for it and make up weird things. You can just say that you're conjugating your programming as well. Like oh, it's, oh, no. It's, it's variation. It's totally different. Totally <laughs> like, different. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, it, it's funny. People are married to their ideals and they don't want to, they don't want to see past that. But I, sure. I think that, I think that conjugate is kind of catching on with a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I think that people are starting to accept it more, you know? Well, it, it's interesting. When equipped lifting was big, we'll say 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, it was definitely... Back in your day. Yeah, back in the day in the mid-2000s, it was definitely the big training method. I mean, mm-hmm. you go to a meet and that's all anybody's talking about is band tension and Elite FTS has 10,000 Q&As on, you know, how much band <laughs> tension is at the top and... 8 you million know, pounds. Right, and, and Jim Wendler's ready to pull out any hairs he, have, he has left <laughs> in his head... <laughs> And I think, <laughs> I think when raw lifting got big, then the what I call the the high frequency, high volume crowd, you know, kind of invaded powerlifting, and it's like, oh my gosh, you have to squat, bench, and deadlift four days a week, four days a week with a stri- with a forty five pound straight bar, and, and kilo plates, yeah. And those, I'll tell you, as someone who's been around for twenty years, those types of lifters don't stick around in the long term most of the time this may be the third or fourth episode that we have said that like specific line well yeah. it's like there's always <laughs> outliers right so it's really of course easy to yeah. look at. there's it's really easy to look at like um so you have someone you know you know, you have like a d1 college team and obviously most of their strength programs are fucking trash right because mm-hmm. it, it's like you know whatever and and most of the time they're training like in general is just is is garbage so uh <clears throat> They have enough guys in line that if someone gets hurt, they just bring in the next guy. Right. And eventually the people who can handle that bullshit will, will be successful. And they'll see like, well, see, Glenn Gary over here has been doing fucking straight bars forever and he's a world record holder. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, name somebody else then. Right. Well, and the other aspect of you that, know, I think from the college strength program perspective is sometimes, and I, I've known some college strength coaches, like their perspective is like, you know, let's do no harm. So I don't want to do anything too crazy because right. if it's outside the norm and I get somebody hurt, well, then I'm out of a job. So, you yeah, know, we'll just a- do enough to keep 
you know, keep my job essentially. Right. So instead of having them pull off of blocks and bench off of boards, let's have them pull off the ground and bench full range all the time because it's safer for some reason. Right. 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 But it's yeah. but, it, but because <laughs> but that's it's, the standard. Exactly. Right. It's a quote, yeah. a quote unquote standard. If they get hurt, it's all oh, well. You know, they weren't recovering well. Right. Enough, They're using not. these crazy bands and chains. Right. And crazy crazy bars and and hey man i think that there's honestly i think that there's um you know i think that there's a place for for high frequency high volume stuff i think yeah. that there's a place for all of it i think people can be successful doing it but it's boring as shit though it's very boring i'm way too extroverted to do that shit like yeah. I, I i need change i need i like routine but i can't be doing the same fucking thing all the time um it's really funny uh the difference in mindset because th- those, you know, those type of people are like, fuck, man, I don't want to use a safety squat bar. I don't want to use a camera bar. This Pussy. Is well, dude, to, to us, when we're <laughs> fucking three weeks out and basically all we're seeing at that point is a straight bar because we're getting a little more specific. All of us are like, I don't want to use the fucking straight bar. Like, God damn it. Like, yeah. my shoulders hurt. Like, my pecs are sore. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's funny how there's a different uh, – a different mindset depending on where you're looking at it from. Like everybody's front window is different. Well, and uh, Bain has I talked think about it's very this. interesting. When we had USAPL Raw Nationals, oh like <laughs> practically in the parking lot of the old 2XL, yeah. um, we had probably 250 USAPL lifters and coaches come over and pay okay. for day passes. Can I say it again? Oh, yes. We will build a great platform and the USAPL is going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. But yes. I mean, they're and I have like, I have a plethora of bars here. Bane can tell you like tons of bars, way more oh, yeah. bars than you'd ever need, but bars on bars on, bars. but I don't have a million 45 pound bars. And so like you have all these USAPL lifters that are running around. Cause the one guy's like, Oh, I, I can't deadlift with a deadlift bar. And they are freaking the fuck out. And it's like, well, I need to use a 45 pound. And is this an Alico or an Ohio power bar? And I'm like, ah, like, no, I don't have any of those. You know, we don't use those in our competitions. Like the one over there is a 45 pound bar. We do have kilo plates. You're welcome to yeah. lug them from one end of the gym to the other. Like the guy, the guy who was using the rack pull bar because it was a 45. Right, that's a fucking I, bent bar. <laughs> I I will say that like right now, the that crowd mm-hmm. is all laughing at us because they can all train as normal. Yeah, <laughs> they have, if they have like, a home gym. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like it's very easy. Like all they need is, I mean, most of those people need about two plates and a straight bar and a homemade rack in their yeah, it's a world record and they go and, you know um, what i mean so like it's right now they're like in their glory they're like ah like gotcha you got you you motherfuckers <laughs> like but it, where's your you safety squat train. bar now yeah exactly so it's like it's kind of funny like how uh they're they're gonna be they're like in their glories right now because they're also trained i'm i follow a bunch of people that um you know compete that way or mm-hmm. and train that way and, and they're all still kind of basically training as normal because uh you know erector uh, or whatever the hell those Y rack or whatever those fucking things are called, squat stands are rack. cheap and very available, and you can fit them in a one bedroom apartment. So basically, anyone can train. Sure. Um, I think that coming out of all this stuff that we're going through right now, I think that a lot of people who are married to conjugate will probably start leaning a little bit in that direction because they're go- we, we kind of have to do it right now. Mm-hmm. Sure. So that I think the change in stimulus mm. is going to show people like, hey, man. Um, if I do like three weeks of straight bar reps, I kind of get jacked. So yeah. if I do this once a year, maybe I can put on more muscle. You know what I mean? It kind of, yeah. I mean, uh, there's novelty in training, no doubt, but I, I feel like this is kind of a tur- tortoise and hare situation where you've got a lot of like these, and I don't want to, you know, 
put down any of the, the big multiply guys, like physically large humans, <clears throat> they're we're resting and recovering. I'm not even, I'm not even a multiply guy. I'm a raw guy as of now. <laughs> But we're resting and recovering. I mean, I thankfully have a setup in my garage. You guys have some stuff. But generally speaking, we are letting all these injuries that have built up over years and in some cases decades yeah. you know, start to heal. And so what's going to happen is you've got the the light turns green and these guys are going to get back in the gym. And you're right. They're going to have all this recovery, all this pent-up energy. And a lot of them also have the additional knowledge of you know 20 years of lifting or a coach has that. And all of a sudden, it's going to be all turned loose onto you know the various gyms that are open and so i think it's going to be something where there's going to be this massive catch-up that happens after this is all done and the guys that are laughing because there are some uh, are going to get their comeuppance yeah and i i was saying to val uh earlier this week um i i just hope that people are smart when they get the green light in the gym mm-hmm. um <clears throat> Anyone who's I mean, listening, I mean, hugs might be and a- lots of high fives and <laughs> spitting on people. Lots of that. <laughs> oh, other than yeah, other Just than the, the bleeds and stuff. I think that uh, I think that people um, just need to be careful when they get back in, man. Yeah. Because yeah, don't, uh, don't go crazy. You know, I, I'd hate to see a bunch of injuries um, because people are like, oh, I want to get in my bench shirt. It's like let's you know, you basically need to go through your preparatory phase to get ready to handle these fucking yeah, weights like, because I'm, I'm stoked uh, to do dangerous. like sets of five, like five by fives for two weeks to get just kind of back to right. Just get back in shape to get in shape. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, exactly. I'm in shape yeah. round, but you know, that's not the shape I want to be in. So <laughs> well, yeah, I am a shape. Yes. Uh, it's just not necessarily the shape. Yes. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Jose Garcia is a guy who mm-hmm. we've talked about a lot. He's a former Franz lifter. He's yeah. retired now, but he would be notorious. He'd been lifting at Franz since he was probably 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And he would have stints where he'd go live in Texas for six months. He'd come back, and it's like he never left. He would just, you know, pick right, almost pick back up, you know, he where was, he had left off. He's and, definitely a freak, though. And like, just squat 1,100 again. Yeah. Guy was, you know, and he'd just, he'd just, oh, that's just my rest time for a few months. Go see my baby mama down in Texas and then yeah. come back up here and, you know, squat a grand. There are those dudes. I, I've explained this to people uh, in my in my group before and friends in talking. The people who are outliers are not necessarily the people that you want to look at for advice. So yeah. um, there was a, a particular gentleman um, who I'm not big on, on naming people to, mm-hmm. to call him out or whatever. But there was a there was a guy who, who made a 10 minute video talking about how um, it was the how the untested walked out squats of raw were becoming as big of a joke as multiply for some reason. Cause he was upset about some fucking meat that happened in California and the calls that got made or whatever. Oh right? yeah. A, I, this, I think I recall this video actually. This was a raw guy saying this, right. Yeah. And he's very beloved by a lot of people and a lot of people get coached by him. Well, the same sure. fucking guy didn't know that 800 pound raw squat was a big squat until he, after he did one. So that's not really the guy you want coaching you because oh. that dude could literally do anything to get better. Yeah. So sure. it's like the you might want to look for the dude who had to scratch and claw for it. And and people are sitting here saying, well, yeah, you fucking train with Hoff. He can do everything. It's like, well, Hoff had to scratch and claw for all his shit, too. And Hoff's also he just not lifting the weights for you. you. Know, what's that? Hoff's not lifting the weights for you. Well, yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is that, that as a coach, he's a very high-level guy, and, yeah. and he's been doing this forever. He's a freak for sure, but he had to work for all that shit. Yeah, It's sure. not like he was a dude who all of a sudden was like, oh, I guess a 500-pound raw bench is okay. <laughs> it's like he had to figure out how to do it, right? So I think when people look at those outliers and they say like, well, this guy's doing this and, and whatever, it's like, well, that guy's a freak. So 
why are you going to talk to a guy with seven, you know, the guy with the seven foot long arms that pulls 900 is not right. the guy you want to learn how to deadlift from. Correct. Correct. You want to talk to him about how he got his bench good. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You know what I mean? Because if he can get his bench good. Because he's, he's got a huge back. That's, that's why. Exactly. So it's like, <laughs> it's, exactly. So it's like, how did that guy get good at the thing that he's not built for? Type sure. Of thing? Sure. Oh, um, so can you talk a little bit more about, you know, the brand trigger war- warning conjugate and then, you know, where does this kind of stay hated uh, credo come from? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I people think of it as like this, like negative. It's like some people have you know thought it was a negative thing or a tough guy thing or, you know, because a lot of our imagery, you know, people have their middle fingers up and, and that sort of a thing. But uh, it's more of like. It does not fucking matter what you do. You, it doesn't matter what you do. People mm-hmm. are going to fucking hate you for it. No matter what, there's going to be someone who's just this little, you know, bored person and they're going to hate you for, for whatever you may be doing. So you may as well not give a fuck what anybody thinks. Stay hated and do exactly what the fuck you want to do. And and I think that um, it really resonates with some people because we are kind of an uh, kind of an outcast culture. Sure. Um, and so, and specifically conjugate and then specifically multiply. No doubt. Um, oh yeah. It's like one of those things where it's like, Hey man, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. There you were could people, squat three inches deep and like, they'd still you know, complain. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't matter. Like how, how deep do you want me to fucking squat? Dude, my 1107 from nationals got fucking torn up and tossed around. Yeah. Your, your, your ass could have touched the ground and you're still going to get hammered. It doesn't matter. So you might as well just do it the fuck you're feeling anyway. Yeah. And, and then people vibe on that because they vibe on that the confidence of, of doing what you want to do. So I think it gives people um, confidence and a certain level of, uh, you know, reassuredness that, that there's a group of people that support them just for doing what they want to do. You know, I have people that, uh, you know, a, a buddy of mine, Carlos Moran, he's a he's a big you know, 198, 220 uh, raw guy. Winter Wolves, is that right? Walked out. He's a beast. Yeah. He's yeah. a fucking beast. He's a monster. And, uh, and, and, and he trains uh, in a straight bar fashion with, mm-hmm. with not much conjugation. And um, and he, you know, he asked for a fucking member shirt, dude. I don't even coach him, but he just backed it so much awesome. that he was like, this is fucking sick, dude. I, I love this, like the vibe behind it and, and everything else. And he came from a multiply background, but still it's like, I think uh, it kind of the stay hated thing branches out past conjugate, out past multiply and into the other aspects of the sport. Because, uh, you know, like I said, no matter what, man, like, I mean, we're sitting here talking shit on people who train differently than us. And we're, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like, true. no matter who you are, you're gonna, you're gonna attract a level of, of bullshit from people. So sure, no doubt. Um, I think that it's really, it, it's, I know people see the imagery and I know there's a certain level of like me saying, fuck you, like stay hated motherfuckers, like middle fingers in the air that comes off as sort of this weird, like tough guy bravado. <laughs> but like, uh, it's more of a pot. It's, it, it's more of like an empowerment thing than, okay. than a negative thing. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. It does. You know, you know what I mean? And, and, and I know that, um, there are people that might think I'm arrogant for it or whatever, but dude, like, uh, Life's too short to not think you're fucking sick, dude. Like, like life is too short to not be like, yo, I'm the fucking man. Like, 
I like what I do. I love my life. I, I like the decisions that I've made. And if people don't like that, then they can fucking go bang their ankles or whatever other thing they want to do. Like bang you know. their ankles. I like that. <laughs> bang their ankle. <laughs> so like, you know, it's like, go take a nap if you don't like it. I, I don't know what to tell you. So, uh, I, I really, I think that, um, it kind of happened by accident and, and now the community behind it is really, it's really fucking cool to see, man. Sometimes I, I go on the Instagram and I'll search the the hashtag or whatever and I'll look. Sure. And um, it's like I can't believe that people grabbed onto this like they did, and it's really fucking cool. That's um, awesome, man. I, I I love hearing that, and that's you know, it was explained to me when I was younger that you know if you it, there is nothing wrong with with knowing you got it like that. And yeah, man. There's yeah, absolutely dude, nothing like, fucking own wrong that with that. Shit. And, and I, and I and I love that you you put that out there, and it's not just about you know you. It's it's telling other people like, hey, you you also have it like that, and you need you need to walk like it. You know, be be the big swinging dick in the room, uh, ladies included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you're like you're sick, like like fucking, uh, and 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 own that and be stoked. Yeah. On 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 it, and uh, I think that there's you know I used to you know when I used to post a video every Monday right around mm-hmm. eleven o'clock, there was some max effort lower video of me coming sure you know squatting me yeah motherfucker like what's up screaming and and people people i did catch a level of shit for it where people thought that i thought i was tough or thought i was you know arrogant or whatever and it's like no man i'm not saying fuck you i'm saying fuck yeah Yeah. like i'm saying like oh so it was the new england accent they couldn't understand it got it you know (laughs) i'm saying like i'm saying i'm excited and and i feel like i've been given a second opportunity on life with you know getting sober so um fuck yeah dude i'm excited every single time Mm -hmm. i get to lift weights and during this shit that's going on right now i am even more excited that i did freak out every time i had a big lift because who knows when i'm gonna get to have that feeling again no doubt very true so, so I don't hold back. Good. Don't. Neither do I. <laughs> you know, you've, you've been putting, you know, I, especially since the semifinals, I've really been kind of dialing in with, with you and that community that you've developed with the trigger warning uh, conjugate. And, and you've just been putting a ton of just positivity and, and really, like, I've been watching the Monday videos, the just talking about mindset type stuff. You know, what, what made you decide to do that? What made you really start to, and maybe just because I just started following it more at, since the semifinals, but what made you start to really get after that? Uh, well, man, like I, I had, you know, it, it's very hard to, to put yourself out there and not come off as cheesy or not think that you're fucking cheesy or, or be scared to kind of put that out there. Um, you know, scared that people are going to call you a Tony Robbins ripoff or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? And, uh, but, the Tony you know, Robbins of powerlifting, I love it. Yeah, you know, like Tony I, Robbins I makes a lot of money. He makes a shitload of fucking <laughs> it's money. True, man. He don't give a fuck. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, you think that guy cares what you think about? Laughs all the way to the fucking bank with his enormous hands and teeth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I was actually, you know, another a great example with, with Val was, you know, she was like, when you see a, a Nike ad, do you think it's fucking cheesy? Like, when you see, you know, so and so post a video of them talking at the camera, you think it's fucking cheesy? No, you think it's sweet. Mm-hmm. You can be that person and you have it in you to do it. And she kind of pushed me to to start putting out more content like that, because uh, what, what I like to tell people with, with the mental Mondays, a lot of the a lot of times I'm talking about stuff that I have dealt with or still deal with, like sure. stuff that I sure. still struggle with. You know, I, I'm the furthest thing from perfect. Like I have a really hard time with a lot of aspects of this sport, um, mentally, physically, whatever. Sure. 
And, uh, and so I put that out there as kind of, you know, I like to let people know like, Hey man, I don't put that out there because I have it figured out. I put it out there because now it's in the universe. And if somebody catches me slipping, they can say, but you said this. Sure. Sure. And it, and it makes you, uh, it can keep you in check because it's really, you know, I have a certain amount of people that sort of look to me for answers on some stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and if I, if I, you know, if I slip up and make a negative comment on something or I put a shitty status up and I do a shit post. Yeah. Someone's going to call me on Cause, it. Because like, we're all prone to it, right? We're human, right? Yeah. Of course. We you like know, to you complain. Get those feelings. Um, and, and, and it's really, you know, it's a good way to keep yourself in check, dude. When you put it out there, one of my friends, you know, if I put, if I did a shit post or I started being a baby about something, mm-hmm. you know, it's very easy for my wife or one of my friends to just send me one of my own videos and be like, hey, motherfucker, like, look at what you said here. Yeah. You know, and so I, I like to put that out there. I'm not so arrogant to think that I know the fucking answers. It's just like, hey, I've been through this. I'm being, I'm going through this. Sure. Here's a here's a reminder for you guys as well as myself. I love that man. And re- re- real recognize real. I think that's important that that you're doing stuff like that because this this is a time. You know, I've said it many many times on different episodes. This is a very unique time in in human history. No doubt. Uh, and, and I think that is a it is a desperately needed thing. And so I was actually that was a setup question just to tell you thank you for doing that, man. Because I think it's an incredibly important thing to be doing. So well, shit, um, man. Yeah. I mean, thank you for noticing. I, I think that. Uh, um, I do get messages uh, relatively regularly with people saying that I helped them through something or that it's yeah. been helpful. And, and that is fucking huge and you can't put a price tag on it. Nope. Um, so anytime, cause there's just, you know, I just remember shit that people have said to me in the past, negative or positive that I still hold on to. Mm-hmm. And so if I can have, if I say one thing, you know, if I, all those mental Mondays, all of them put together. If one person has a successful meet or a successful day or has a day where they don't feel like pushing through or, or, or whatever, and that helps one person, then fuck it. It's all been worth it. I don't give a shit. You Every know what I mean? Thing has it's like, like, what am I doing on a Monday morning anyway? Sitting here eating breakfast? Fuck it. I'll go outside and make a positive video for somebody, you know? And, it, um, it, and it's certainly hard in the current events of the time right now to get in a negative mindset. I mean – it's tough when you're, you're like me, your, your business is closed or you're out of work. Yep. Um, and you can kind of get into that cycle of negativity, certainly. And it's, For sure. I think if you can put positivity out, if you say something out loud, you're more likely to believe it even yourself, I think. Sure. Fuck yeah, dude. It's like, it's like how coaching is the best way to get better at something. Yeah. You know, figuring out what's what's going on with somebody else's lifts or somebody else's training is the best way for you to figure out what's going on with yours. Sure. And, uh, and so the same thing when I'm sitting there and I'm making, uh, you know, I, I did a mental Monday where I had heard, I had, I heard this guy, Brian Callen on, on his podcast, say something about like, make a contract with yourself Hmm. and, and, and like stay true to that contract, Interesting. you know, or, or, uh, you know, Corey G had something to force the schedule. Oh, Corey G, that guy, he's the man, dude. That dude is the fucking man. He was the, He, he was the first sports person like like fitness person i ever followed on social media he's the very a, first guy what a rad guy he's been very helpful to me he's always been super cool to me i have a uh you know a semi-personal relationship with him and he's a really good dude but he put out that thing forced the schedule yeah and then i heard that other thing you know make a contract with yourself so i i made a 
a, a video. I tagged Brian Callen and gave him credit for the saying and everything. Sure. But um, it was one of those things where it was like I was putting that out, but I was saying it to me too because I turn into a lazy motherfucker pretty quick sure. when I don't. You know what I mean? So it's like, no, make a contract with yourself. Don't get lazy with your social media. Keep putting out content. Keep mm-hmm. doing the thing. And, uh, and it'll pay dividends and you'll feel better about yourself. And I'm, um, so with that stuff, it's been sort of, like you said, it's really easy to get negative right now, but now I don't have, I've, I've backed myself into a corner where if I'm negative publicly, yeah, people are going <laughs> to, we're going to call you my out, whole, man. My, my whole thing is done. My whole thing is like, I'm a, I'm a fraud at that point. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? So it kind of, it's the same thing as like getting tattoos on my fingers and my hands, you know, at a young <laughs> age. Like, it's like, now I back myself in the corner. Now I'll never work at a bank. You know what I mean? And like, yep. it's, it's the same sort of thing where, um, keeping me in. It's in fine. Check. If you work on Wall Street, you can make way more money there anyway. So <laughs> I, dude, I mean, if you know someone who's hiring, I'm always trying to make that fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So we, so. we could keep talking about a, just a ton of topics and oh, maybe yeah. we'll have you back on to talk about a few things we didn't touch on today. Your, sure. you know, your history with uh, addiction. And I'd like to eventually talk about, you know, your wife and how that dynamic is as someone who also trains with their significant other, but you know, yes. Could you just lay out maybe some advice for, for new lifters, um, new lifters to equip lifting or just new lifters in general? Yeah, man. I think that, uh, you know, it's hard to, put into words a lot of the stuff because you know your your ideals and your ideas about stuff sort of change over time but mm-hmm. uh with a with a new lifter the biggest thing i would say is like don't be afraid like obviously listen to whoever's helping you mm-hmm. but don't be afraid to to risk something and try something on your own and maybe you fail especially with conjugate stuff you know if, if you're running this stuff for the first time and you don't have anyone coaching you and you just kind of figure it out based on the literature that's on the internet or whatever and you're piecing stuff together, guess what, man? Dumbbell rollbacks might not have a big carryover for you, but you'll never know until you run in, until you run those that movement for a little bit. And and then, you know, at the end of six weeks throwing those in there, if your bench has gone down, guess what? You know you don't need to fucking use those. But Oh, so so don't use them for one set and then hope it's gonna right. <laughs> yeah, okay, like it's it, like it. understand that by learning something, especially with conjugate, there's only so many slots for so many variations. So sure. uh if you find out that something doesn't work, that is as valuable as finding something that does work because if Fair. it doesn't work, yep. you slide it out and you can put something else in there. So for sure, um, for, for a new lifter, I would say, don't be afraid to, to fail. And, and also I would just say like a lot of this shit, don't overthink it, dude. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> we like, are just man. lifting weights, right? We're just working out in front of people. It's all we're doing. There's a reason why there's a lot of really strong, really dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I like, there's, I like a, there's a reason for that. And, uh, and, and I would also say that the, a big one is journal everything. Agree. I like that. Everything. Because I have my first training book from when I was training at Planet Fitness. And I have every set and every rep of every fucking weight I did. It's awesome. I have, I have all of my logs for all of my training my whole fucking career with the exception of maybe like 18 months when I first moved out to Ohio. Okay. But I, but I have most of that documented on my Instagram. There you go. Uh, so I would say journal your shit because that is invaluable. And there's something that's really cool about going back and looking at what you were doing before, because guess what, man, if you're better now than you were, then it worked. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So things, uh, a marathon, not a sprint. That's for damn sure. Fuck. Yeah. 
So can you uh, talk a little bit about just uh, what the, the podcast that you're running and what they're called and where people can find them, Anthony? Oh, yeah, totally. So uh, my uh, – you want me to do like social media stuff too? All, sure. All the things. All yeah, the things. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my Instagram for my personal page is AnthonyCW13. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and my – the trigger warning Instagram is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast that I have is called the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. And um, it's on iTunes and, and Spotify and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and basically, it's not just powerlifting. Okay, yeah, you, you go into like life stuff. Like you do a bunch of different stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to have it so that it was like anybody who's fucking passionate about what they do, I want to talk to them. Okay, okay. You know, it's like I had a guy on that uh, I coach him, but I had a guy on who who's worked on uh, you know wine grape vineyards for years and did it in Australia and France and everything else, and so like he's really passionate about it well i can fucking back that dude i don't care if you're passionate about playing you know thumb wrestling i want to know about it because it's like <laughs> that person who's passionate about that might say something that clicks and gives you the mental edge for when you're trying to pull your fucking third deadlift sure well i'll tell you what man uh i'm, I'm passionate about yelling it for people and uh getting the crowd hype so uh Fuck yeah dude we're passionate we're passionate about you doing it dude i love that shit dude it's uh it, it <laughs> I, I am so happy that you won. You moved your wedding to make sure you fucking qualified. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, a great story. It's so awesome. Uh, and, and I'm just happy I got to meet you, man. And, and, and I'm excited to see you guys in October, uh, you know, in uh, for the Super Finals. And uh, we're going to do this damn thing again. Fuck yeah, dude. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This yeah, really I'd, I'd love to have you back on again sometime and chat more about other stuff. WPO, train with your wife. Um, we, I think everybody always likes West Side content. So, oh, yeah, any more, you know, West Side <laughs> insights you can give us is always interesting for people. We can, uh, yeah. There's definitely, it's like Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's definitely some stuff uh, that we can get into um, that I at some point that I would that I would really have a fun time telling some stories, man. Because no matter what happened with the ending of it and everything, I did have some really fucking great times in that building. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, for sure. super appreciative. Well, thank you guys for having me on, dude. Thank you, guys you so much, Anthony. I really, I really appreciate it. I think that what you guys are doing is really cool, and um, you know, I think it's really sick to see people like stick to their guns and be like, you know, no one was really sure if the APF was going to come back around to it being a big deal again, and now look at it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I yeah. think that that is really fucking cool. Anybody who does something that's like kind of against the grain and comes out on top, I'm just like that. For me, that's like. Holy grail type shit. I really like it. Yep. Love it. Awesome. With that, this is Eric Stone signing out. Strength and anger.